I'm Katie. And I'm Briella. And welcome back to Sunday Night Unknowns on WEC 89.7. That again is WEC 89.7. We today are covering the sixth episode of our lovely little podcast and going through Among the Sleep. Among the Sleep was developed by a Norwegian developer called Krillbyte Studio, and it was released on the 29th of May, 2014. It is a first-person survival horror action adventure game, and it takes place of a view of a toddler named David. When you first enter the game, you are in the perspective of this toddler's view. It is your birthday, your second birthday, in fact. And your mother is going around getting a cake for you, having you, like, just getting you your sippy cup with a drink in it, when there's a knock at the door. She seems annoyed and then heads over to the door, only for you to hear loud shouting. But you are still able to look around. You can't really get out of the high chair just yet. And when she comes back, she has this really big pink box that's, that has a bow on it. Supposedly, it's going to be your birthday gift. And she starts just kind of like talking to you and like, oh, you look so cute, my little boy. And as you're heading up the stairs into your room, you kind of see that they're like, this is kind of when the opening credit scene starts. You see like this black sort of foggy mist consuming everything. And you kind of like, if you're like, if you're scared by it and like you're just moving frantically in the game, it'll, it really doesn't do much for it. She places you into your playpen, and she leaves you to your own devices, and she puts the present on top of a dresser. Yeah, his dresser. On his room. dresser. And so, at that point, you're allowed to move around. It teaches you how to walk and crawl. Those are two main important parts of the game. It's faster to crawl, but it you can reach things when you walk. Yeah. It also teaches you how to climb and how to jump, and that's eventually how you get up to the present, knocking it onto the floor and finding this little teddy bear, ironically named Teddy, and it comes to life moving and walking and talking on its own, and it's kind of like, hi, I'm Teddy. You're you, you're not much of a talker, huh? And, like, the kids, too, so, like, yeah. probably not going to talk very much, but kind of like, just as, like, your little guardian throughout mm-hmm. the gameplay. He produces a light when you hug him. So that you can see. And sometimes, however, that light is not very useful because there's monsters in the game that can find you and catch you Mm -hmm. if you use that light too often. And so Teddy's like, oh, let's go in the closet so I can show you that I can glow. And so you go in the closet, you close the doors, and as you know, he glows when you hug him. And you go on kind of like a brain trip of this closet becoming huge and going down it. And it's... That's the first start of, like, the horror element in the game, where it's very ominous. And then your little trip in the closet is interrupted by your mother being like, What are you doing in the closet there, buddy? It's time for bed! And so she grabs him, he, she puts him in his crib, gives him a kiss goodnight, and leaves, turns off the light. Then it gets a little more scary. Then in the middle of the night, you see Teddy get slowly dragged away, and the crib gets knocked over, you fall out. And then you start looking for Teddy. He's not in the closet. Then you go out, and it teaches you how to peek around corners and how to hide. And so you walk down the hallway, and you hear a thud, a loud thud, a continuous loud thud. And you go in the washing room, and you notice that Teddy, oh, he's in the washing machine. And so he takes him out, and Teddy's like, whoa, thank you for saving me. That was crazy. And then he starts talking to you about how your mother's in danger and that we need to go find her. So you kind of explore through the house more and end up running back to the closet after being chased by something and going through this little small area once more, kind of going into a small little hut that uh, you find this circular door and it sort of looks like a furnace. And then Teddy explains that you need to go find four different memories 
from your past that you can like go find or try to remember to put in this small circular furnace and either like there's a there's a pipe that sends it up somewhere and so teddy gives you this tiny little token to open the first area which is a rundown playground and you kind of go searching around for the first artifact or memory that you need it's still a little ominous during that time but uh you don't get to see the horrible monster that you get to see in the second part of when you get back to that playground because once you get back to the playground now a terrible black figure that it it chases you around and if it catches you you die you have to reset it's interpreted that the black figure that chases you around throughout the story is actually david's mother zoe in her more drunken state because i mean she's probably terrifying to a two-year-old when she has no inhibitions or ability to think straight and she probably abuses them too during her alcoholic state so that's probably how that figure developed in the eyes of david indeed like that's kind of like where it started out in the end you find your mother sitting on the kitchen floor or zoe sitting on the floor with a wine bottle and she holds like the remains of teddy and she pushes you away in a kind of more violent manner and then also throughout like the before you even get to that the black figure and your mom kind of start to like glitch and start into one and especially as a two-year-old having an alcoholic parent can be very traumatizing and when it kind of shows that it of course he didn't want to associate his own mom with that monstrous creature because no child would ever want to do that and a couple of other interpretations or uh things that the developers left to your own imagination is like when the crib was knocked over at the start it's kind of an idea that maybe his mother pushed it over in her drunken state probably maybe checking up on him or maybe in her rage and ends up turning it over Um. there's also a lot of drawings showcased throughout the entire story and they're of usually of this black scribbled figure which is entailing to the figure that chases you around i feel like he's trying to draw that and separate it from his mother because he doesn't want to believe that it's his mother he doesn't completely understand that that evil black figure is his mother because he is two he doesn't really understand and then there's also the white figure for the memories of the good moments with his mother that he's trying to hold on to yeah there's the book there's these different owl collections that you can get i believe there is the mother's a necklace that was his grandmother's but like no child ever wants to accept that their parent was is a bad person or that their parent is doing bad things because it kind of goes into a little bit of a halo effect like with someone so little you're like oh my god my mom and dad are superheroes and like they can can't do any wrong and i look up to them so much so that it makes sense for David to try and separate his mother's drunken state from the good memories that he has with her. And then another interpretation is Teddy, because Teddy was originally given by his father, but his mother Zoe took ownership of it as her giving it to him instead of her, his father giving it to him. And so Teddy has a similar voice to his father, so it's like his father guiding him through all of this chaos. And in the end, when... Uh, Zoe pushes away her child he walks out of the door because he hears a knock and there's a very comforting voice of what seems to be his father because his father finally gained custody of his child after the divorce between the two parents and so that's the happy ending of oh he finally gets to be away from all of this 
scary chaos that he had to live in. Yeah, and then there is like a DLC to it that kind of has this small museum where you kind of get to explore what the foundations of the game actually were and what they were supposed to be because it was supposed to be you find Teddy, Teddy's given to you, and he kind of takes you away from your parents. Like the divorce and everything still happened. It's shown throughout some portraits in that DLC, but Teddy takes you into these other realms, but the realms you go through are actually other child victims that at first try to catch you and scare you but in the end you realize that they are being now controlled by teddy's other form form of like an entity being and in the end of that dlc getting the bad ending you are basically thrown into a soup and eaten and the entity that teddy gets turned into is called the nightmare it's a big black figure like the figure you see in the game before the dlc and so he he transforms the things that he needs to make this soup into like toys so that it doesn't seem like there's any problem with it. He hides the fact that it's something he needs. And so he tricks David as a child because toys are fun and toys are good. And so he uses that to trick him and then eat him in the end. Yeah, that's that's also because he in that ending he reveals that he targets children who have suffered severe trauma in their lives and tend to forget it that's why he targets them and uses these toys and tries to be all friendly because they don't know what to trust then we move on to the dlc of a prologue of the story before the main events happening in the actual game and so you again take place as david and your goal is to find and save these five dolls that are freezing and during that period you kind of learn a couple of more of the story between your mother and your father, Zoe and Justin. And so there's a lot of representation of how the divorce felt to David because he is too. He doesn't completely understand what's happening. And so like the winter environment and the freezing cold and the doll at the very end being left behind in the winter kind of feels like that icy wall between his two parents and him having no control over it. And so there's also kind of some flashbacks of his parents arguing and how he hated that and how his mother tries hitting him in her supposedly drunken state there isn't really a telltale of if she was drunk during that time or not but his father defends him and hits zoe in the progress and so that causes kind of a fear in david another thing is that why zoe was drinking is it's entailed that Justin wasn't always home a lot. He was working a lot to help provide for his family. And so, in result, Zoe would drink a lot because it's stressful to take care of a child by yourself sometimes. And another thing that was kind of hinted at was when Zoe and Justin were fighting, she was upset that because he was gone all the time and because he was always in his office, he never paid attention to her. And that's why she would turn to drinking because she felt unworthy and unloved due to him neglecting her while also neglecting to help take care of their son. And so when the divorce actually happens, Zoe takes David to a new house because the house that you're in in the DLC is actually Justin's house. And so that also shows why it's all wintry and cold because that's no longer your home. It's unwelcome. It's not warming. So moving on to the parents more specifically. So we have Justin, the father, and Zoe, the mother. Justin had not been very present in David's life, so he didn't really have such a prominence in the story as Zoe did. So really all 
that represented Justin was Teddy, which is his voice, and also a trench coat and boots that would capture you if you were to knock over too many bottles. Of course, it wouldn't kill you, but it would end the game. And so it kind of just shows how much doesn't know about his dad and how little of a bond he has with his father because he has a very strong bond with his mother. So, of course, he sees her in a better light and he kind of thinks mom is God. And since mom don't like dad, dad kind of bad. And so that kind of gets interpreted throughout the story. And then moving on to Zoe, we have what seems to be a caring mother at the start, like at the very beginning, her giving him cake and being very nice and sweet. And then having that really, really close bond because he bonded with his mother really, really quickly in the game. And he didn't really have any questions about that bond or how, who she actually is and all of that stuff. And so it was kind of hard for him to distinguish the fact that that black figure was his mother because mother loves me. Why would she hurt me? And so it's just, it's a good way to show that sometimes the abuse that you receive, you don't always see. And when it comes to abusive relationships, like when it comes to parent or child, uh, parent or like, uh, and even in a relationship, those who are in them refuse to believe that they really are being abused. They want to, they, they're try, they try to see the good. They try to put off like, no, this wouldn't happen. They wouldn't do this to me. Like, I, I can't fathom that they would do, like, they would never do that. But in all reality, you need to see, like, other people in your life see it, and you just, just decide to turn away and not recognize it. Now, more elaborating on the closet, because it kind of does have an important part in the story since you see it at the first point of the game. So, he hides in that closet a lot, especially when his mother's having drunk fits or in a very drunken, abusive state. So he'd always go in there and hide. And even in the game, when she opens the closet to find him and put him in his crib, she's like, you got to stop hiding from mommy in this closet. And so it just kind of represents a field of safety and how that's the only safe space that he has. That's why he goes in there so often. And it just represents the terror that David shows for his mother. Yeah. And even then when, like, Teddy's like, oh, don't be afraid. You can squeeze me and there's light. Kind of does also say that he hides in there a lot, but he's still afraid of the dark. Just because he can't see anything, he can only hear his mother's rampage outside. And then another important representation is the well in the game. It it kind of shows David's understanding as a two-year-old of, so this monster, it's created by drinking something. Because I see this person drink something and then they become like this so it's got to be this and so it just shows his thought process on what's creating the black dark monster that's chasing me throughout the story now moving on more to our opinions on the game i personally really enjoy it because it kind of shows the little but some understanding of an abusive situation between a child and their parents. Yeah, I also really enjoyed this game. I like the first person part of it where you actually saw everything through the child's eyes. So it's also really cool to see how this two-year-old interpreted everything and wanted to try and still see good in his mom, even though she was an alcoholic. And I really did enjoy, again, that first person. I liked the like the feature where you're still able to crawl because at that age, two-year-olds still like to crawl around. They still like really aren't really comfortable with walking. So, like, they always either hold a parent's hand or, like, hold onto their pants leg or they just crawl around. There's also the attachment with Teddy and him actually talking. That's kind of shows how 
young he is because in a very young age children will give stuffed animals emotions and like oh if you throw the stuffed animal oh no he's hurt look at you hurt him and so it just kind of shows his childlike state of pretending that teddy has pain and teddy has emotions and then the representation of teddy being given to him is like i'll always keep you you're something i keep with me you're safe you're my comfort stuffed animal and that's kind of what security blankets and security tokens are to children when they first receive it it's something that they're going to hold on to for a very long time because to them it's comforting it is something that they can hold on to or sleep with to feel safe and teddy in this situation is what makes david feel safe and i really do like that he ironically named him teddy like some kids like to name their unicorns uni or something and i like how he tries to give the the plushie itself life even though in all reality it doesn't and another thing that i really like is the art style even though being an old game i still appreciate its rusticness especially like the playground it just kind of showed like old memories that used to be good but aren't anymore because of the situation that i'm in and it's kind of hard to make it look good i mean in the first level it looks nice but the more you progress the more and more it looks distorted and gross and rusted yeah and so it just shows how that attachment between him and his mother deteriorates or turns into more of a fear of his mother because those memories aren't really great anymore because his mother's abusing him yeah and it also like kind of um outside the storyline it does show how even though it was it was made in 2008 so it's still made in 2014 how because kind of back then it was still you were or it was kind of more getting into more rendering with the new kind of first person video games trying to make everything more high definition and even today when looking at these new games coming out and how very clear they are it's nice to see that they went with a more artistic and blurred sort of vision for this one again being in the eyes of a two-year-old i really do like that they kind of stuck with their guns on that one and i i like how since it's a psychological horror i like the survival part of it i like how much of a fever dream it is because it as a child everything's kind of like a fever dream honestly because you have an imagination and so all of this isn't really real it's more of an interpretation because childs don't really have well children don't really have logical thinking to completely understand situations all the time so they kind of make up the story in their head of why it's happening and even when you ask kids questions like oh why do you think this happens they'll kind of with some crazy answer like um because it can fly or because it wants to go and do this thing we don't know why but it does and they'll just create these stories in their head like you said it is it's very it does very much relate to how children's mind works psychologically and i do really appreciate that looks like we're all out of time for this episode again i'm katie and i'm briella and thank you for listening to sunday night unknowns on wec 89.7 that again is wec 89.7 thank you and see you on next episode episode seven we are going to be talking about krampus a sort of Christmassy horror movie kind of talking about what happens if you dare to be on the naughty list this year